Hi everyone and welcome to our new era podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can reach out to us through our website, which is www.neweraproperty.solutions.co.uk, or you can call us in the office on 01886 834800, or you can grab us at our Facebook page, which is the HMO Community Group. It's Cup of Tea with Rick G and we're back to our top 20 do's for HMOs and top 20 don'ts. So this is part two. So in part two, we're going to go through our next 10. So we already did the first 10 in the last podcast. So we're going to really just get back into uh, our next top 10 do's for HMOs. So I think we got to number number 10 on the last one. So this is number 11. So number 11 on our top do's is make sure that you have adequate insurance for the property and the property's purpose. So insurance is something that you can't really cut corners with. And I do know that lots of landlords in the past have and taken out the incorrect insurance or they've got a, a HMO and they've got a buy-to-let product and the buy-to-let product doesn't really allow the use for HMOs. And when it comes down to them making a claim or attempting to make a claim, then the insurance provider have said no. Or they've got an HMO product, but they haven't got the right malicious damage cover and the property has been set on fire by a tenant and they've only got a small amount of cover and not for the full value of the property. So tip 11, folks, is to make sure and and revisit if you've already got HMOs and make sure you've got the correct product. Now, we've got some great mortgage providers that we use and and I'm happy to recommend those if you want to reach out to me on the website or drop me an email Um, but of course you know there are loads of people out there that are offering a really great service but make sure that you've got the correct product and make sure it is designed for the purpose that you're trading the house for. Number 12 of our do's make sure you conduct regular house inspections so how often do you do that um well you know for us what we want to do is give the tenants the right to the quiet enjoyment of the house and of course we have to do that we don't want to be hassling them too much and really depends on your tenant demographic i guess we have uh, professional tenants so you know they don't take that much looking after because they're all professional people and they don't want us hassling them on a on a weekly or monthly basis so for us we'll be conducting room inspections um, around about every six months not really any longer than that but the great thing is about HMOs is that you know we've got the communal areas and we've got our cleaner going in once a fortnight and our maintenance team going in to check the alarms as well either weekly or monthly so we've got people going into the property quite a lot so we generally you know do the inspections of the house the main house about once a month and then the the rooms for the property about every four to six months so it's really is up to you and how often do you want to do it sometimes you know we know we've, we've had tenants there for a long time the long-term tenants we know that they're going to be great we don't really get any aggro from them so we'll just leave those a little bit longer but it really is something that you want to you know decide yourself but don't forget If you're going to do room inspections, you've got to, by law, give your tenant 24 hours notice to go into their 
their private room into their property. You don't have to give notice to go into the communal areas of an HMO. That really is up to you, but it's polite to do so. You don't really want to just be turning up unannounced because these are people's homes and we want to make sure that they're going to stay there for as long as they as they can, long as they want to. So make sure you do do you know regular house inspections, but don't go into overkill and make sure it's all relative to the tenant type that you have in the property. Tip number 13 is broadband. Is it still called broadband? I don't know, Wi-Fi. Um, make sure that you've got the fastest possible broadband connection. Now, it really depends on where you are. If you're not sure, get in touch with the company and, and find out if you can get super fast. Or I know that there are some great providers out there now, like Virgin. They do like this really, really great fast um, internet. But I don't um, I don't think that's available throughout the whole of the country right now. Um, so, you know, always make sure you get the very best one that you can. Because when you've got six tenants or, or more in the property and they all get home at the same time because they are working professionals, then you want to make sure that they, um, they're they all going to log on the internet at the same time usually and you want to make sure they've got a great service. Otherwise, they're just going to come back at you and they're going to moan and they're going to whinge about the internet. So start with the end in mind. Uh, you will have to pay for it, you know, but you've got to get the best service and that way it makes for an easy to manage and a, and a happier household. And the other thing is about broadband, in my experience, it can take, you know, months sometimes to get the broadband service uh, installed into the property. So if you're looking at a brand new conversion on an HMO, make sure that you've ordered your broadband service relatively early on before you put your tenants in. Because tenants, you know, if, if their bed breaks, they'll sleep on the floor for, for weeks without telling you. But if their broadband goes down, they'll be texting you at three o'clock in the morning. So make sure that you get the best broadband service. Tip number 14. Make sure that you have a, a house notice board and probably in the kitchen, probably the best place to put it. And it's a great idea to have, um, you know, either a chalkboard or something similar. It doesn't look too clinical and something that the tenants can use to communicate with each other, to write notes on. And sometimes you might want to write notes on it yourself as well. And um, you can store, sorry, not store, but you can put um, your gas safe certificate on there and your HMO license on there as well. But what we try and do, we try and make our houses look as, um, as less clinical, if you like, as possible. So although we've got a notice board, leads us on quite nicely into our next tip, is that we have a house pack, we call it a house pack or a house folder. Now we're required by law to display certain notices within the house, things like your uh, electrical testing certificate, like your license like the government how to rent notebook and things like that um, so what we do is we put them all together and we put them in a a pack a house pack and we have the house pack in the kitchen usually you know sort of dangling off a, um, a door cupboard handle or something somewhere nice and easy for them to access and it just it contains everything that you need, but it just looks less clinical so what do we have in there so we have our manager's contact details so that's our office number. We will have our maintenance policy. We'll have our harmonious house policy. And that's a document that all of the tenants get when they check in, which tells them our expectations, the guest policy, if they want to play music, uh, smoking, all that kind of thing. So how to behave in the house, really. Um, 
what else do we have in there? We'll have our electrical testing certificates, all of our alarm testing certificates, our emergency light testing certificates, our PAT testing certificate, the government how to rent documents, um, a little bit about the environment and condensation within the house, how to deal with black mold and things like that. So everything that you would normally have to give to them, we put it in one pack and we display that in the house folder. It's just a nice way of doing it. Now, is it compliant for licensing? Certainly is where we are. Um, it's something that we've operated really ever since we started with HMOs and it's never been a problem. The other thing is, folks, as well, you need a, a booklet um, for every time you test the alarm system regardless of the grade of the alarm system. So you're going to need a booklet to say the date it was tested and if there were any issues as well. So something else for you to bear in mind. So our next tip is um, recycling and general waste signs. So what we do is display recycling and general waste stickers next to the relevant bins because... You know, for all the will in the world, and again, we can't be mum and dad. Sometimes tenants don't recycle properly, and sometimes they put bins, um, things in the wrong bins, etc. So, what we do is give them a, a small instruction on each sticker. So, on the recycling sticker, it or say sticker notice. On the recycling notice, it would say uh, this bin can only contain the following. And that would be, you know, the recycling sticker, plastic, paper, cardboard, etc. And it just really helps, um, you know, in terms of doing our bit. Um, and being responsible people and responsible landlords. Um, and what we do is when we check the tenant in, we go through the recycling procedure with them. We tell them what day is bin day. And the day that bin day um, is for that house is also going to be on the recycling poster, which is above the bins. Okay, So just a small tip there, but it's something that will help you moving forwards and it will help you managing your property. The next tip is cycle storage. Now, in some areas, cycle storage might well be um, a license requirement. It might be mandatory. Um, so what do we do for cycle storage? Well, it really depends on the makeup of the house. What you don't want is tenants bringing their push bikes into the house at all, even if it's just to get them into their bedrooms. We don't want that because it's going to leave marks on the walls. And very often they will leave their, their cycle um, in the hallway. And of course, the hallway is going to be a, a protected route for fire. So it's going to breach your fire regulations. So there are lots of other alternatives. What we generally do is we buy a small shed for about £100, £150, and enough to provide um, cycle storage only. And that's all it's for. Um, we'll put a lock on the shed and we'll give the tenants a key code so they can get themselves um, in or out of the property. So it's really easy. Um, you can buy some uh, really expensive ones as well. You've probably seen them. Um, you know, they, they can go into the thousands of pounds for secure storage. But it's a really good upsell as well to say that you've got cycle storage. So for areas that don't have it as a mandatory, I'd put it in anyway. And, you know, um, at least that way, then we're protecting the property from getting damaged. We're protecting the routes from being uh, blocked and we are protecting the tenants property as well so the next tip and, and the last one in in this series is rent arrears now it's quite important we talk about rent arrears because there's always a you know bad stuff that comes along with the good stuff and how we deal with our rent arrears so do be proactive when it comes to rent arrears now this is how we do it our rent goes into the bank on the first of the month if by around about lunchtime um, we've, got, we've started to reconcile and we notice that rent hasn't come in, the first thing that we are going to do is um, we'll send uh, a text message from the office 
using our tech system, which is on the computer. And it will just be a polite reminder to say, hey, Dave, you know, it's rent day today. Unfortunately, we haven't received your rent like we have with all the others. I'm sure this is an oversight on your behalf. Please, can you ensure that it's paid today? And normally, 99.9% of the time, that's going to be enough. That will be enough for them to um, get back to you and say, oh, don't know what's happened there. Really sorry. And the rent goes in. If it still doesn't go in, then usually by about 5 p.m., we'll give them a call and we'll say, look, hey, we still haven't had your rent and what's going on now again? You know, normally that would be enough. But if the tenant has chosen not to pay the rent purposely and if they're not talking to you, then, you know, that's going to be a little bit harder for you to deal with. So what would happen in that situation? It would be the next day we would um, ring the tenant again and we'll send them a letter to tell them that they're in arrears and despite our contact, we haven't heard back from them. And at this point, I would be giving them 24 hours notice in order to go into their room to, to do an inspection just to make sure they haven't run off. And, um, and that's the procedure. If by then we go to the room the next day after 24 hours, and if they have gone, then we have to go through the whole eviction procedure. If they are still there, um, what we'll try and do with the tenant, if they're in a bit of a sticky situation for that month, is agree some kind of payment term with them. And, you know, in our experience, that works that works wonders, it's fine, and then they get themselves back up to date. But, you know, the the very worst case scenario, if they can't pay their rent or if they won't pay their rent, then we might have to go down the eviction procedure following Section 21 or Section 8 eviction, um, which will cover at a later date on one of the cup of tea with Rick G's. So that's kind of what we do. That's how we tap them along. And, you know, it works really well for us. So so that brings us to an end of uh, Cup of Tea with Rick G for today. So you've now had our 20 top do's for HMOs. What we're going to do on the next two series of Cup of Tea with Rick G is give you our 20 don'ts for HMOs. So hope you enjoyed that, folks, and have a great day. <laughs>